Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Look, I've worked out how to talk over the end of the music. Oh, I did you? Hopefully it worked. I had my eyes closed and I was eating a biscuit. (laughs) Enjoying it. Uh, So, hello and welcome to uh, this week's League 2 podcast. Uh, It's me, it's me, uh, Hannah, with Liam and Matt, who has joined us a couple of times before. He's the Notts County fan. For context. Just the one, just the one Notts County fan. Yeah, well, he's our one, isn't he? And I'm I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. Um, I'm tagging in at the last minute. (laughs) So get ready for winging it. That's what this episode is going to be. Sports media winging it. I mean, yes, but that was also the plan. We were going to try a slightly less formal chat around the games rather than having to spend 10 minutes talking about goalless draws and other things that there's not that much to say about when there is quite a lot going on. Yeah, it was a very, let me be brutally honest, it was quite a dull weekend for a lot of the games. There were a lot of really dull games, a lot of, I didn't really I don't know, I mean, I was at the county ground watching us go 1-0 down to Swindon. That wasn't, I mean, it was unpleasant, but it wasn't really dull. No, but then, like, Colchester Sutton, that's extremely dull. Crawley Accrington, even though Crawley won, it's, it's, Crawley it, won. it yeah. didn't really appeal to me in any way. Newport MK Dons, nil-nil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salford Mansfield, everyone kind of expected Mansfield to, to, to win or, you know, yeah. or or at least not lose. Um, and then, yeah, Harrogate beating Walsall and Wrexham winning. Like, they were all very, very... Meh results, even Barrow yeah. and Bradford, like Pete Wild. 
Um, Pete Wild. Uh, Jack from uh, Tranmere was on the 606 last night and he was, we were talking about whether like there was any change because obviously they beat Forest Green Rovers 2-0 and as we know Tranmere haven't had the best season. Ian Dawes was I think was he the first manager to get sacked? I think he was and they had Nigel Adkins and then Nigel Adkins was made permanent but they never really had much of a shift in their playing style, in their approach and uh, Jack was saying that he thinks that Nigel Atkins is starting to do that now and, and that's the change. But he also said, and I've not heard any update on this, that he was expecting an announcement that Tranmere had been bought. I've not seen anything. I mean, we've said before, you never get rumours coming out of Tranmere. Things just, no. things just happen. However, after that was mentioned last night, there was a discussion that took place on Twitter and Someone pointed out. So, for anyone who was who didn't listen to the six or six, the 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 alleged buyer is Castor. They're a local company. Obviously, they make sports clothing things like. They don't actually make Tramia's kits. However, everyone's dropping Castor at the minute. Yeah. So maybe that's something yeah. to do with it. Because mm. Salford had Castor, didn't they? And then they've gone to Adidas. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought that was more on like the choice of kits and the logistics rather than you know anything to do with the business which you know they're still mm. a very reputable sportswear provider oh yeah yeah but it's apparently two brothers from the area yeah um, so i mean that that makes sense whether whether or not it happens well, i suppose we'll find yeah. out yeah and he was saying that palios would stay as chair um background yeah. as a management accountant so and football administration, so it makes sense. Uh, but kind of relying on some inward investment. So that'll be interesting over the next, well, course cool of however, coming up to it's nearly the transfer window. Go on. <laughs> it scares me, does that already? So I'm, no, I'm excited, Matt. It's exciting, but it's 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 a month of I mean, thank God, January obviously only is a month. It's sleepless. <laughs> it is pretty much sleepless nights. It's going until one, two o'clock in the morning because you're getting in arguments with people because you've said someone's in talks with a club, but they, then because they've not signed that day, this person's coming at you saying you're a liar. And then it's just, yeah. You, know you, you know, you can just not engage with them. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, coming up in, over the next week or so, we will be talking about social media and oh, um, really? kind of interactions, particularly as they are, I mean, aimed at each other, but not well, not us, obviously, because we all love each, love each other. But um, fans having a go at players, managers, uh, and, and talking about the impact that that has on professionals who are just trying to do their job essentially and i suppose we're trying to put it or we're trying to make it a, an education piece as well mm -hmm. where we can essentially try and educate people as to where the line is because there's a huge difference between criticism and bullying and yeah. you know if you if you say i don't think x player had a great game today that's fine if you say <laughs> x player is fucking shit and he's fat and he needs to get away from this football club, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And people don't, people seem to think that 
I mean, the amount of people that I've seen say we pay our season tickets, we're entitled to. No, you're not. <laughs> it doesn't, you're not entitled to do that. No, no amount of money entitles you to do that unless you are paying somebody and you have a kink and they have a kink to allow people to just degrade them. That's the only time it's acceptable where you can pay money and get away with doing it. it baffles me um, that this attitude has come about. I think it's interesting as well. To, it'd, be, it'd be really interesting to talk to someone like Neil Redfern who played most of his career in a kind of a pre-social media world. Like, because the only interaction with fans really probably would have been coming up in the pub if they saw him out, but shouting from the terraces. And, you know, whether in a world where you can just turn your social media off, and I know that's a, that's really easy for me to say, and it isn't always um, that simple, but, you know, versus being on the pitch and having someone screaming abuse at you from 10 metres away when you can't get away from it. I'd just be interested to see, like, how that's um, changed. And he's obviously managed um, in a world of um, where there is social media and uh, abuse is prevalent. So, yeah, we're talking to uh, a mental health uh, officer at a club and an ex-player, an ex-manager uh, to see what their opinion is and um and, uh, and how they think that the conversation can move forward yeah so we've got the ex what's our ex no we've got the uh mental health officer for a club coming on and mm -hmm. he said he's going to be brutally honest about it because yeah. we're getting to a point within and it's not one club it's it's across the board but it's getting worse and it's getting mm -hmm. really really bad you know we're at a point now where the, the other side of things is like with Neil Redfern as an example there, back when he played, I don't want to say it wasn't a thing, but mental health wasn't known. It wasn't something that was ever used. It wasn't, it wasn't spoken about. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it, it was, it was, forefront. it was like mm -hmm. a, a taboo subject, wasn't it? Like you didn't, mm -hmm. guys didn't have mental health issues. And now it's obviously coming out more and more and more that there are issues and that there are more and more things happening and people are struggling and you sort of see these players playing with a smile on the face and they don't necessarily feel that way. It's, it's putting a front on and, you know, we've got someone else joining that conversation who's had that actual conversation um, and had that actual scenario happen to them. So yeah, it's going to be, uh, I'm looking forward to recording that one, seeing what happens. Yeah. So should we start with Bradford and just kind of, rip the plaster off and and get it out matt, matt and I, i'll just talk about bradford and you can you do it and i'll come in and tell you when you when you're wrong <laughs> okay um isn't it graham alexander's first time at a new job losing his first game yeah i've seen so, that online and i wanted to make sure that was is that is that correct Liam? well the thing is <laughs> that is correct uh, yeah, so he, he <laughs> Fleetwood, it was nil-nil. Scunthorpe, you know, so it's not always, he doesn't always win, but mm, unbeaten. Nil-nil, yeah. Scunthorpe United, one all when he was at Salford. Motherwell, he won his first game at MK Dons 5-3. Was that Wrexham? Was that 5 Yeah. Um, and then, what was the score? Uh, it was, uh, Bradford scored one. And uh, right. Barrow uh, scored two. Oh, okay. That is factually correct. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Charlie uh, on the six oh six last night uh, was he thought I think he said that Bradford played well. He was uh, complaining about flags being waved in front of him. Charlie's turned eighteen yesterday and is now like an old man. Um, so complaining about people standing at like in the what northwest corner or wherever he is. What? But tell me what Graham Alexander said after the game. I actually really liked what Graham Alexander said after mm -hmm. the game because he said what we've been saying for probably 18 yeah. months or so, which is we've got to stop trying to score the perfect goal. And that's what the players were doing. Like we, right. we, we were the better side in terms of obviously only thing that matters is the score and yeah. they, they did the score. Um, but in terms of possession, shots, passes, things like it was all us. What we were doing was we were doing what we've done for two years nearly now. We'd play the ball out onto the wing. We'd break down the wing. We'd have Andy Cook running into the box, cross that ball in nine times out of ten. Andy Cook's getting on the end of that. But what we'd do is we'd turn back and play it back to the wing back who'd then put in a cross. So by the time that's happened, you've then got all the defenders back. Sometimes he wouldn't even put in the cross. He'd pass it to someone on the edge of the box. They'd try and pass mm -hmm. it through, and then we'd try and cut it back, constantly trying to walk the ball into the net when we've got and I said it last night on the 606, I still believe now, it's, I mean, it's been, what, three months, four months since his, oh, sorry, five months now since his season ended. 31 goals in a season from Andy Cook. We've got one of the best mm -hmm. strikers in the air at this level. If you put the ball in the box yeah. towards his head, he's, he's proven it. Last season, it can carry on. For some reason, we stopped doing it. Um, we didn't do it enough last season. I, I, that's another thing that sort of confuses me. We've tried to do this walking the ball into the goal for so long, but Andy Cook got 31 goals last season. It's like, imagine what he'd done mm -hmm. if we actually played to his strengths <laughs> and put the ball on his head more. Um, so he said that. Then he pointed out Jamie Walker and Bobby Poynton. Um, again, two players that I think are, are fantastic. He said Jamie Walker shouldn't be, shouldn't be playing at this level. He shouldn't be in League Two, which we kind of knew when we signed him because um, he, he's so flexible he can put him anywhere he, he's played apparently in training this week he's played in defense he's played on the wings he's played up top he's played in center mid he's so versatile and then bobby Poynton, 19 years old he's just game by game going strength to strength um there's a little bit of a a loving and um, a little bit of claret and amber tinted glasses because he's mm -hmm. winning man of the match every single home game right. he, wasn't, he right. wasn't man of the match how is your man of the match decided so someone sponsors it. So every game we have a man uh -huh. of the match sponsor and they choose yeah. it. So essentially yeah. they, they choose the player they want to meet. Yeah. It's the same at County. Is it the same at Knotts as well, Matt? You know? Well, the sponsor's man of the match. Yeah. yeah. Who, who chooses man of the match? Yeah. It's a sponsor's man of the match, yeah. Yeah. So they've all been drinking since like 12.30 yeah. heavily. We, we <laughs> had, um, so just on that, the, the drinking... We had a sponsor last se season before last, sorry. No, no, it was last season. It was last season who um, they were absolutely wasted. None of them were Bradford fans. And they were sat right in front of me, like sat right in front of me. Uh -huh. And they, they kind of turned. They went, who do we say is man at match? And I was like, <laughs> so I went, say Oscar Threlkeld. 
I said, they'll go nuts if you say Oscar Threlkel. Anyway, they went to say Oscar Threlkel. I was like, no, don't say Oscar Threlkel. I said, just give it Andy Cook because he'd scored two goals that game. He'd right. scored two goals and they still didn't know who to give man the match to. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue is anyone can pay yeah. to be that sponsor. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, look, um, weirdly, the last home game, Bobby Poynton was announced as man of the match, but he wasn't actually man of the match. It was given to Alex Gilead. So the sponsors oh, chose right. Alex Gilead. But one of them said, no, we're voting Bobby Poynton. So they put Bobby Poynton down. But the rest of the group said, no, it's Alex Gilead. <laughs> so they announced Bobby Poynton over the speakers. Aww. And then at full time had to tell Bobby, no, unfortunately, you've not won the man of the match. Alex Gilead has. And to be fair, Alex Gilead was man of the match. On Saturday, Alex Gilead probably was close to man of the match again. Um, mm. Look, Pete Wilde has got a hoodoo over us. And I... I there's an established side there with a manager who knows what he's doing. So there's Mm -hmm. no groans from me, but we were unlucky in a sense of, we started with a 4-4-2, which you don't see anymore. You just very rarely see a 4-4-2. But it's something the Bradford fans have been asking for. Yeah, because we needed needed to strip back and go back to basics. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we did. Unfortunately, 20 minutes in, Liam Rydals gets knocked to the ground, concussed. So he's off. Mm -hmm. He's at left back, so we bring um, Oyegoki on, who I think is on loan from Brentford. Um, okay. He comes on, plays left back. Within, <laughs> I think it was 12 minutes, dislocated shoulder. Oh, no. So he comes off, and then we have to bring Osadebi on. So he comes on and goes at left back. Then he's not really strong at left back, so Alex Gilead swaps, and Alex Gilead goes left. We had four okay. left backs in one game. Four left backs. And, and weirdly, most of our decent attacking came down that left hand side because Alex Gilead when he when he got to left back everyone went right. why why is he not playing left back for us more often <laughs> like he was phenomenal um just so calm and that's what someone like we've known Alex Gilead is he's you you occasionally get a nine or a ten out of ten from him but you always get a six or a seven a minimum <laughs> and that's that's why for me yeah I I really have so much time for the guy uh, but yeah, look, Pete Wilde did Pete Wilde things. The second we saw those substitutions come in and uh, it was literally Ben Whitfield was on, on the bench and I was talking to him before the game and I said, you know what's going to happen. I said, you're going to come on, the game's going to change. He came on, I think, in the 67th minute. Whatever mm-hmm. it was, it was two minutes before the goal and like mm-hmm. uh, he broke down the left, he switched it to the right. Whitfield's in the box. If if Ray didn't score the goal, Whitfield was stood over it. it yeah, it, annoying, but predictable. And fist bumps all round. Yeah. Um, he went one extra this time because usually he just does his little fist pumps and then goes, mm-hmm. yeah, to the fans and walks away. This time he screamed, yeah, and then he screamed up the fucking bluebirds. Um, <laughs> so he's, he's, yeah, he's getting even better at it. But That felt targeted then. Yeah. Well, do you know what? It was uh, like, so on, on Saturday... Obviously, I get there quite early. I spoke to Pete Wilde last year when we played and we lost 1-0 mm. again. We, we don't, we've never beaten Pete Wilde. Mm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, last year, we asked him to do an interview and he said yes, but he was in a, they were on a six-game losing streak at that point. And he was mm. like, we need, I need to wait until I get comfortable and yeah. I'm in a better position. And then there's been managers leaving jobs and he's been constantly linked with other jobs and he didn't want to look like he was in the shop window. And now he's not really there, like linked with jobs. He came over and on Saturday before and like 
I stood and had a chat with him. It was weird. I've never felt more starstruck. And then I'm stood there thinking, these are <laughs> two guys. Because I had Pete Wilde, Dom Telford, and Ben Whitfield stood chatting to me. And I'm like, first of all, I looked at Dom Telford and Ben Whitfield and went, you guys at same height. Like, <laughs> you are both tiny people. Um, and Telford went, I'm taller in person. I'm like, well, <laughs> you must be tiny online, mate. Um, but then literally, Wilde, we, we spoke for probably... 25 minutes half an hour and nice. like just just about football and I think you said you'd seen an interview with him Hannah where he said mm. if he had to go back to being a mechanic he'd just be thankful yeah. for the opportunities he's had and yeah. you can you can sense that in him like he's yeah. he's just so happy to be doing what he's doing um, yeah the good thing is he said the interview is good to go now and then mm-hmm. We've had it confirmed, and we're doing it yeah. this Wednesday. We've got Pete Wilde on Wednesday. I'm delighted. I'm not going to sleep tomorrow night. <laughs> so let's go to so the first thing I knew about Notts County and Crew, or Crew oh. and Notts County on Saturday, was uh, James Shipley, who's also a Notts County fan um, and writes for the sports media, sent me a picture of the team uh, lineup on the scoreboard with a massive Stockport County <laughs> <laughs> emblem next to it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm assuming that I I don't know we weren't their last. I suppose we could have been their last home game if they were away for no anyway. Or they just got confused with their counties. I feel like it it, it, it doesn't start very well, does it? When before the games <laughs> even started, they've got the team wrong. Which isn't they're ideal. Like, they've got the hard bit right. Yeah, they've got uh, the difficult bits done. They've got the numbers all correct in the players. Yeah. They've just—I don't know how they've misspelled knots for Stockport, but they've managed I, it. Um, also, uh, playing in number twenty-eight is El Macari, and I didn't. Re- I, I was trying to be funny. I was like, "Oh, Lee Macari's made a comeback," and James was like, "Oh, it's his grandson." Like, oh, okay. Did not know that. Didn't, didn't know. What's his first name? I don't know why this matters. I'm just interested. My dad will want to know. I think it's Lewis. Oh. I, I, I'll double check. I'm pretty sure it's Lewis Macari. Yeah, I should yeah. know. Uh, my, what, my uncle, uh, I think we talked about this ages ago when we said about um, like rituals. My uncle's ritual, he was a United fan, had a season ticket. He'd always have to go to Lee McCurry's chip shop by Old Trafford. That was that was the deal. And he had to have his lucky chips and gravy and his lucky socks. And yeah. Anyway, oh, I digress. There was quite a lot, there's quite a lot to talk about, not county, and not really. a great deal about the first like 90 minutes of play. No, there's a lot to speak about, I think, in the last 18 minutes of play, which is a bit ridiculous. A lot to talk about <laughs> off the pitch in terms of players and also our manager decide looks like he might be leaving as well. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes, which I'm really not a fan of. Yeah. So tell us about, well, we've got the whole... Um, world. <laughs> that was a perfect time for that. I just, I don't know why that came into my head, but... Sorry, we've carry got, on. We've got the rumours around Luke Williams and then we've got the bizarre chain of events that led to quite a lot of uh, crowd disruption and yeah. a very late finish. for the. Where, where do you want to go first? If I'm honest, it's completely up to you. You oh, can. You'd rather okay, not go right, anywhere well, near it, if I'm honest. Looking say, at we, we can skip <laughs> past it to the Twindon game if you want. 
No, well, I mean, we can get there, but um, let's do the, so the referee was substituted. Oh, no, yes. well, yeah. went off injured. I'd like to make it very clear that I wasn't at the game. I, this right. is all second-hand yeah. stuff I've seen online. This is all second-hand yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Um, but apparently, I, I want to say just in added time, maybe the 93rd minute or so, mm-hmm. um, not, it was seemingly on a break and the ref was obviously running to catch up with play. Mm-hmm. And then pulled his hamstring. Yeah. Obviously, then meaning he has to go off. Mm-hmm. More than fine. Um, obviously, new ref comes on, new linesman, uh, who's obviously taking the place of the referee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that, I, I, I don't. I've heard it was a drop ball. I wasn't. I'm not sure. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. I wasn't there. Um, and from that. Um, kind of break away from that stoppage in play mm-hmm. um, which then leads to the penalty incident yeah um, which from looking at it I think is a penalty yeah I agree like I, if I'm thinking if that happened at the other end everyone would be up in arms wanting a penalty and yeah. not sure I think because up in arms boom. <laughs> <laughs> good one Hannah <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I didn't even practice that. <laughs> I think uh, we kind of, I think a lot of Knotts fans kind of thought it, it was harsh and the, the linesman yeah. or referee wanted his moment of fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I kind of did, from what I've seen, I disagree. I think it was a penalty. Um, yeah. Also, something needs to be looked at is why on earth Sam Slocum was where he was. Like, if he wasn't outside of the box when the ball got played around him, then maybe it wouldn't have been a penalty anyway. Well, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> good penalty, well dispatched, and then apparently, allegedly, a, a like a missile was thrown from the, the Knotts fans, which hit the linesman, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm making it very clear I wasn't there. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, no, you uh, definitely weren't there, Mike. I've, I've talked to, to, to a few Knotts fans who've said the same. That, yeah, yeah. They, they witnessed a, a missile being thrown. So. Yeah. yeah. But um, it escalated quite quickly. Yeah, then it seems that um, the, the linesman who got hit then apparently said he wasn't going to line that side of the pitch in front yeah. of the Knotts fans again. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of delayed time because of the crew, um, like pitch invasion after they scored the penalty. Mm-hmm. Um which was, I think, was a, I think, it's a bit strange. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm all. Like, it's a mid-season game at home, and you've won one nil. I think the, the thing is that issue, that end of the fans where they pitch in yeah. is, uh, they are without any that shadow of a doubt. Right like, corner. Yeah, I think next to next to the the Knotts fans. Away fans. Yeah. yeah, which has probably made it a lot worse. The average age in there is about 13, 14, but they right. they are. And th- there's been an issue for a long while. I spoke to crew fans about it when I was there last season because I, mm. I, was, I was working the night, so I, I spoke to the behind the scenes and stuff, and they said the issue is they can't touch these fans because of their age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an issue that they've, they've got. The police can't – they can try and control it, but they can't get heavy-handed because they are kids. But what they're doing yeah. is – I mean, it's bad. It's it's a really, really. They're getting a really bad reputation, but they want it. They want that bad reputation. That's what they're trying to do. Um, yeah, little dicks. 
and their crew had tried to address that earlier in the season with one of these rules and I don't know what happened to it where they were saying that you know 13 14 year olds had to be accompanied by adults and wouldn't be allowed in the ground unless accompanied by adults. I remember that coming out as well was that just um, was that a few clubs? I, it was. There were definitely others that did it last year, but it was Swindon. Crew this year. Swindon. Swindon did it last year. Um, yeah. Crew. The the issue with that is that that's completely flawed, because there's not just 13, 14 year olds in there. There are adults in there as well, yeah. who are old enough to know better, but they think it's funny. So all you do is, you get one adult with three or four other young lads, and they're going yeah. together, and no one can. Yeah. It's it, that's that's what's happening. Nothing's going to change. Um, the only thing that's going to change it, and crew can afford to do this because they, they're not selling out, Mm-mm. close that part. That's what they're going to get to. Close that part of the ground. Close from where the net is to the away mm. end. There's no reason for it to be open because it's. But no. we had the same issue last season, Bradford. Um, it was last minute. It wasn't a pitch invasion, but there is this whole, I like an atmosphere. But there's just it's not a good atmosphere and it's causing more and more issues. And if it's gonna get away fans to the point where people are throwing things on the pitch, like you you close it off. You don't need mm-hmm. it to be open. It's not like the, the stands are packed out. Just close that part off and stop the stop the interaction between those two. Unfortunately, they've proven time and time again that it's not working. And that look, crew fans will come at me on this, which is fine because they come after me regardless. But um yeah. I, I think, gonna, yeah. So the referee, uh, I mean, actually, you know, talking about, you know, social media and bullying, one of the talking points that's come out of this is the behaviour of the Notts County fans that then kind of surged down to the um, down to the pitch and police were on, uh, on the field kind of trying to calm everything down. Yeah. What's been the reaction kind of within the Knots fan, fan base? Have you seen any kind of response to um, what happened? Everything that I've seen, whether that's just the people who I kind of interact with on Twitter mostly, yeah, it's yeah. been um, a case of if the person who threw a missile, if there was a person who threw a missile, obviously I wasn't there, um, <laughs> isn't a proper Knots fan. Like, that's not what the clubs stand for. That's not what the fans right. stand for. That's yeah. the that's the, the feel I get at the moment. However, obviously, I'm that might just be the people I see on Twitter yeah. who, who come up. I, I can't, I, I, I won't and can't speak for the entire fan base, but mm-hmm. from what I see and what from the majority I see online, it's a case of that's not something we stand for in mm-hmm. terms of fans. I don't think we, I think our home sort of, I think our discipline at home shows that quite a lot. We're not really a team, I'd say, who who throws things, who are known for abuse, or are known for anything along that. I like to think we're not anyway. Um, but yeah, that's the sort of feeling I'm getting at the moment. Is a case of that's it, it's unacceptable, and the Knots fans don't condone that in any sort of way. Um, mm-hmm. I, also, I have also seen a lot of. Um, of people going towards the referee and the officials, like mm-hmm. I've said, people saying that it was the, the linesman wanted his big moment or something like that. Mm-hmm. I understand the frustration and what they're losing in the 90 plus eighth minute when there was only yeah. supposed to be four minutes added on. But yeah. again, 
what what happened in those seven minutes or so to get to that point, I don't know. Um, it's 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 a difficult one when there's so many conflicting arguments, and I, I can't really give a proper opinion on the on the on the officiating when I wasn't there, which is yeah, the main center topic of this sort of controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether it's more happy news or just different Notts County news. Uh, Luke Williams, like Pete Wilde, seems to get linked with everything at the moment. Yes. What your like? How likely do you think he is to go? Um, I I I want to say he's not. I think his contract until twenty twenty seven kind of. Oh well. Re- reinforces that for me is mm-hmm. that if he wasn't committed to the club I don't think he would have signed such a long contract however mm-hmm. we are at the time we were at the time a national league team we are now only a league two team you know you're not it's not a premiership job where you can have one job and then you kind of live off it for the rest of your life like mm-hmm. it could have been more I'm guaranteed a decent wage up until 27. And I imagine yeah. that played a part in it, but I'd like to think that wasn't the main factor. Mm-hmm. But also, he is favourite. Obviously, it's the bookies. It's not. It's League Two bookies odds. It's yeah, the most, yeah. most reliable source in the world. But I think if Oxford have come knocking, which they very well, mm-hmm. very well may have done, and if I'm honest, I don't blame them for doing so. We play a very right. similar style of football to Oxford. Uh, mm-hmm. You see, like Ruben Rodriguez has come from Knox yeah. to Oxford and has yeah. done very well. He wound up a fair few knots fans with his comments as well after his game. Um, he'd like Luke Williams to come, but won't say any more because he loves knots. Um, <laughs> I didn't challenge for that one. But that's um, why, why would he not want Luke Williams to come? Why would any club in League Two or a, like in League Two up to probably lower end Championship? Why would any of those fans not want to see him come up when you look at his points per game since coming in? Like. No, I, I don't. Anyone will want him. If you lost, if you lost Challoner tomorrow, honey, you'd want him at County like that. Oh yeah, I, I'd, have, I'd have him at Bradford yeah. like that. I'd sack Graham Alexander right now to bring him in. Like that's the sort of person we're talking about. And mm-hmm. there are only a few of those managers that have that kind of reputation. And yeah, Challoner's getting to that point where I think. Try to think how to word it without offending Stockport fans. Um, I don't feel like he's on that level yet. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like he's on that that level as of yet. Yeah. And, and, the, and and my reason for that is that when he came into the league two the first time with Hartlepool, he bailed when it's when it got difficult. The first yeah. time it got difficult, and that you know, but obviously if Williams might and, do the same. You know, for the second consecutive season. We've gone through several weeks, months at the beginning of the season of a large percentage of the fan base calling for him to be sacked. So exactly, you, know, you yeah. don't get that with Luke Williams. There's a little bit more loyalty there, I think. Same there with is. Pete Wilde. Same with Pete Wilde. There's yeah. only a few teams. Um, one, one thing that he, he actually said, and I'm not bothered about saying this, this is he's an Oldham fan. Yes. Um, Hannah's shaking her head because she thought I was going to say something different. It's, I'm not going to say what you what you think I'm going to say. Um, he's an Oldham fan, so obviously Oldham had David. Unsworth and that was how he got, got back into football, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he was caretaker manager for them, and then yeah. he ended up with doing other stuff. But um, they had David Unsworth and Pete Wilde. Whenever Barrow aren't playing, 
and Oldham are playing, he goes with his son oh. and he goes and they watch Oldham. The difficulty is when David Unsworth was under pressure, he had to stop going. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because every Oldham fan <laughs> thought that he was getting the job. Yeah, right. Oldham and think, oh, why is it Oldham? Yeah. yeah. And then when Unsworth got sacked, he, he said his son was saying, oh, can we go to the game? And he, he had to explain oh. to him, we, we can't go because... I can't be. I'm, I'm. I don't want to give false hope. Like he is an Oldham fan through and through. That's mm-hmm. that's his club, but he's not in for the job. And being brutally honest, Pete Wilde is not stepping down from Barrow yeah. in terms of he's not stepping backwards. The only way he leaves Barrow is there's a finite number of clubs in League Two that I think would suit him. Would be classed as a step up, and then mm-hmm. League One. He's he's if he moves on in football from Barrow before the end of his contract. He's up. He's he's not stepping back to Oldham at this point. I just I can't see it. Well, in fact, and it's just the fact that he's avoiding games to to stop them having that conversation and stop giving mm. them that false hope. That that kind of confirms it. And it's it's not a bad thing because you want you know you want a manager to be really really sort of determined to to be at the highest level. Yeah. Get get Oldham back there and. Then he'll come. Oh, he's so lovely, isn't he? So considerate, yeah. and and he has he has a really good relationship with the new owner of Oldham, uh, Frank Rothwell. Frank. And he was telling me like about their phone calls, and it was just obviously we've mm-hmm. interviewed Frank, and I, I was just like I can imagine the phone call being hilarious between those two. Um, but yeah, he said like Frank Frank wasn't ever trying to like get him to come to all. He said he understands the situation. Everybody understands where Pete Wilde is at and that he needs mm-hmm. to be above where Oldham are at right now. Like he's yeah. thriving. Um anyway, we get told off for talking too much about Pete Wilde. Apparently it's becoming an obsession, but I don't see no car on us. Pete Wilde. We'll have it out of our system by the end of the week, maybe. Oh we will. It'll just I'll have a I'll have a tattoo. <laughs> oh my god. It'll be like it'll be like the David Artel obsession, but like to the like power of I don't know. I uh, do you know what he actually said? And he said, "Then we'll move on from it." He actually said, and "I was I was laughing." I, I so I said to him, "I said, do you um, have you heard about Pete Wilde?" He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Just on Twitter." I said, "Just randomly, just saying Pete Wilde." He went, "I'm not on Twitter." He says, "But I have been told about it." He says, "I hear that it's everywhere." I said, "Yeah, it is." And he looked. He went. Was that you guys? I was like, yeah, it was. I, said, I don't even know why we did it. I said, to be fair, I do know why we did it. We did it to wind up one Barrow fan who we knew would yeah. bite every time. And that's all it was. And then he looked at me and he went, who made the stickers? And I went, that was yeah. <laughs> he went. He went, brilliant. I was like, yes, he liked the stickers. Aww. So I'm going to send him some Pete Wilde stickers. Anyway, let, yeah, let's move on from Pete Wilde because this will turn uh, the Pete Wilde episode again. Um, <laughs> right. i tell you what we should do. We should have an ad break. I forgot we have them. Yeah, we do. Let's have an ad break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. SofaScore today released their top League Two players this season based on scores. Do you want to play? Oh, we can play Family Fortunes. Although I think Matt's seen it. Have you seen it? I've seen it, yeah. I've seen it as well. I I disagree with the the list, if I'm honest. Yes. Well, yes. But I think it's voted for by fans, isn't it? It's voted for by fans who were... And and that's what it's based on. The the, the, the the, 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 Yeah, those are based on fan averages and look dan kemp is he's top isn't he in that yes is that right yeah dan kemp's Which, top i'm not doubting dan kemp is a great player dan kemp's not the best player in league two this season and what's happened is swindon have a large fan base who can swear that and they've got nothing really else to, to sing or shout about this season so Every single week we see Dan Kemp's name mentioned. He's amazing. He's lovely. But I don't think I've even seen a Swindon fan say that Dan Kemp's the best player in the league. He's very good, but there's better players in the league, in, in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. You might think yeah. Dan Kemp is. Uh, well, I'm not keen, so keen on him after Saturday, but we'll come to that. Uh, Matt Smith second. So Matt Smith won, as predicted, by Look Sports Media, Player of the Month for October. Um, and the manager of the month, we got that right as well. We did. We did particularly well. It's unusual. Um, and then uh, David Keeler Dunn, Elliot Lee, which I'm tempted to agree with. He's been playing incredibly this season. And then you've got a few like Dan Crowley, Arthur Reed, who, who scored on Saturday, actually. James Tilly, who started off the season exceptionally well. He was up there with kind of top scorers. And then Aidan Flint. So you had an opinion on this, Matt. Uh, yeah, even though as a Notts fan, I'm not allowed to like Mansfield. Aidan Flint <laughs> is a very, very good player. Oh, Just Matt, I'm going to drag him, man. I thought we'd get right excited. What I've seen. Drag him. No, I'm not going to drag I think he's brilliant. I think he's... I'm not going to say the best defender in League 2 because I haven't seen every defender in League 2 play. But I think he'd definitely be in the conversation for the best defender in League 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finishing off the list, you've got um, McGoldrick and then Louis Reed, who's also Mansfield. So uh, three Mansfield players, I think, is the the most represented, yeah. and then Notts County. So yeah, no Stockport County players, top of the league, and I think either there is a bias in scoring or it demonstrates our depth of squad and that we're not reliant on individual outstanding contributors, which makes me really quite happy because if you're too reliant on those people that are holding up the team, potentially, and then they get injured, then um, 
Oh, so right, yeah, I, this is what I thought, right? So Ryan says, SofaScore player ratings are generated by, this has come from their website, isn't it? Are generated by a sophisticated <laughs> algorithm that translates hundreds of stats into one live number, which quantifies a player's performance, not Then the rate. system is broken because how <laughs> Louis Barry is not in that list that at all. Not. That that is broke. That is a broke. If that's what they're saying, then their system's broken. So I also see a massive discrepancy between sofa score scores and is it who scored that do the EFL one comes the 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 EFL team of the week is generated by something else, and uh, they can be yeah. Ryan's saying who scored. There will be one. Well, because I I tend to look out for the county players, right? So. In one, there will be no county players. And then in, in the who scored one, there will be two or three. Um, so, yeah, we'll just ignore safer score then and we'll go for who scored if they... Uh, and, and Ryan's saying they have to have appeared in over 60% of games. Um, <laughs> which I think Louis Barry probably would have done. But he, Louis Barry didn't appear in Team of the Week that often. No, but he, he was scoring week in, week out. He's played yeah, 15 you, times this season for you. That's more than 60% of your games. He's, yeah, he but you absolutely probably, has to be in that list. Yeah, but that doesn't... It depends what weighting a goal gives you. And yeah, how, like... I, maybe I, I this say is... So because the, uh, the only reason, sorry, the only reason I say that is just because the top five players, and I'm not too, I don't know a lot about Arthur Reed or James Tilly, so it might be the top seven. The top five are all attacking players. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Dan Kemp, Matt Smith, uh, DKD are all kind of in that top scoring cohort. I'm not sure about Elliot Lee. Probably is, to be honest. And, um, and I mean, but but uh, Louis but Barry's no, got well, but Louis Barry's got a better games to goal ratio than McGoldrick has. Mm. And yeah, yeah. there's there's something then, not right with those scores. They, they well, can't be. But then, like, if you think about McGoldrick and Notts County's style of play, if, for example, pass accuracy is has a big weighting, then that would explain that. Um, same with Dan Crowley. I don't know. Maybe we can. Maybe there's a challenge for one of the podcasts to pick up and. Pull apart. It, it just doesn't that that doesn't make sense for me because look, pass accuracy can be brought into it absolutely, but the pack pass accuracy or whatever they've looked at it at on with McGoldrick and, and, and Crowley, for example, has put Notts County fourth. Is that right? Fourth. I believe that's where you sat. Is that where oh, County is Notts County are fourth? Like sixth now. Are you are you, you even yeah, so? So all, all this stuff has put them sixth. Louis Barry's goals have put Stockport top, and that's like we're talking about players' not ratings and just impact. Louis Barry's no, it's goals. not just Louis Barry's goals, but for a long period, it every single week it was him. Like that's oh well, yeah, yeah, especially well, the start of this run wasn't in it? the row or whatever it was. But like Tanto is now our top scorer, and is I think maybe. Second or third in that I've not looked at it at the weekend. Um, yeah, he's not on that list. Carl Wotton, but I mean, obviously he's only just back. Anyway, so can I just ask when did when did Tanto sort of pick up this season? 
Um, Wrexham. So do you think that's possibly why he's not on it? Because he's obviously it's based on the entire season. So whereas like Louis Barry and well Dan Kemp as well, it's been since day yeah. one. Yeah, I think honestly though, um, who scored? Not who scored. Super score. I rarely see county players in that. So there must be that. Like Dan, uh, Ryan said that the who scored explanation is very similar, but there must be there must be some difference in how they're calculated because quite often those teams are quite disparate. Yeah, I think must be that. I think for the entire top 10, there's not a single player from the team who's top of the division. That 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 to me means that the list isn't completely correct. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, not yeah. the fifth, not sixth. I just want to make that clear. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Uh, so let's do Swindon and Stockport, which um, I felt like I spoke about this game about nearly every night last week with someone or other. And the more I spoke about it, the more I was convinced that it was all going to be horribly going horribly wrong. It would be the end of County's unbeaten run. Uh, that after Aldershot and Colchester, Swindon would rise from the ashes and shit out the win. And when they scored their first goal, and it was 1-0 at half time, I just laughed because I was like, the prophecy's coming true, it's all happening. Uh, we did not play well, or at least we didn't play as well as we have done of late. Uh, Swindon, I think, were much better than I was expecting, and it was a performance that doesn't match their league position and their kind of performances and, and score lines of late. Uh, obviously, Williams Cocolo started and, and played well off the pitch side. Um, and I think we were probably fairly lucky. Um, the second half, it was, it was a game of two halves. Uh, the second half was completely different. I think probably the county players got a massive bollocking. Um, and when you've got a subs bench and you can put on Paddy Madden, Callum Camps and Nick Powell in one go, then you know that you're doing something right. I mean, we've got a, a, a decent, uh, second 11 sat on the bench um and not even on the bench so yeah we've got some injuries hippo's out until christmas he did his i think he'd done one mcl and he's done the other one uh which is unfortunate um sars went off injured on saturday uh, it was a shoulder injury i think he split something in his uh, in his collarbone but otherwise, we're not looking too bad. So we've got Colchester on Saturday. Well, there's uh, Bolton tomorrow night in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy. Uh, then Colchester. And then Newport and Salford and Morecambe are the ones after that. So this little unbeaten 
no, not even unbeaten. This little winning streak could, even if we lose to Bolton tomorrow, which you know may may well do, depending on who puts what out. Uh, that's still only that's all competitions. This unbeaten run at the moment, so the league one is still up for grabs. We'll end up losing to Salford. Put money on it. Salford's the last one to equal the record, I think, and then Morecambe would would see us exceed it. Uh, we, I think, we do all right normally against Newport, Colchester. I would hope hope we do okay, but you never know. Can I bring up a? subject whilst yes. we're on the, the subject know. of That's the controversial no 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 it's not but well it's it's not it's not necessarily league two but it affects okay. league two at the same time like, right. it, yeah. it could have a knock-on effect to it steve okay. evans yeah so steve evans has asked permission to not be in the dugout for their bristol whatever we're calling it, Papa Biss, Pizza Cup. Right. Um, he's asked to not be in the dugout for that game because he wants to mm -hmm. go and scout Port Vale. Does that not okay. show that there is a complete, just nobody cares for this competition? If the manager is saying, give me the night off, I'm going to go watch somebody else rather than my first team players playing this, there is absolutely no, there's just no respect for it. How long do you think they're going to beat this drum? And do you think if, if Steve Evans is given that permission, how long do you think it's going to be until another manager goes, actually? So, question, in order for me to, to have an informed opinion on this, have Stevenage already qualified for the next round? I believe they have, yeah. But so, the outcome doesn't matter. Um, I I don't know. I, may, I mean, maybe he's game. got an assistant yeah. manager that wants to step up and get some touchline experience maybe it's about succession would you, planning. <laughs> so would you let's say let's say at the end of the season comes we're going into the last game of the season Stockport are sat fifth as an mm -hmm. example i'm not saying you're gonna be yeah. but let's say you're sat fifth you can't yeah. drop out of the playoffs you can't make the top three so you know you're in the playoffs yeah um you're gonna finish fifth because of the points there's no way that you can move up you can't move down yeah if going into that last game challenge i went can I not manage this last game? I'm going to go watch who we're going to play in the playoffs. Do you think that people would react? I think well I'd that? be quite happy with that, actually. But, but do you think the majority would? Because you you think with like a more logical head, but do you think the majority yeah. would? Um, because that's kind of the similar thing in it. Like, yes, yeah, fine, they, they may have qualified, but at the same time, it's still a game, and people are paying money, and essentially, it's been it's it's been treated as a reserve fixture, really. I mean, but it is, isn't it? I don't know what your teams that you feel we're using it at the moment to like almost like rehab games and uh, In fact, academy. they haven't qualified. They haven't qualified. Oh, um, haven't they? No, As they in, can't they can't qualify. qualify. Oh, no. well. Yeah. Yeah. But then would. Uh, I was going to say, would they do that in the FA Cup? Well, obviously, that's completely different because it's knockout yeah. rounds. I'm very. Yeah, no matter yeah. my point. Bearing in mind as well, I mean, for either game, and you can argue this both ways, tech at football grounds being what it is, he would get the footage for, for either. And I've had this conversation with scouts before. I'm like, why why can't you just, like, why do you have to go? Why can't you just watch mm -hmm. it on, like, I follow or whatever? And what they say is that, you know, when you're 
at the ground, you see, you know, the um, the players in the space that aren't necessarily on the ball and, you know, how people are moving around, which you don't see on iFollow. iFollow, you know, very much uh, obviously follows play and, and that's where the cameras are. Um, so, but equally at Stephen and she's got a whole team of people to feed back to him about, you know, how they're doing. But, you know, if they can't qualify, then they're going to field a shit but team anyway. I think, I think my point I'm making is, do you, do you not, do you feel that, that com- that shows that there is this complete disrespect to that competition from all because we we the no one at a club has ever come out and said we don't like this comp this competition's a joke and the fans all say it we all say that it's a joke since mm-hmm. Premier League under twenty one teams mm-hmm. came into it it is an absolute yeah. joke yes we've now got a manager saying well we quite can't qualify so I'm not even going to turn up like that that kind of opens a door for us to go well hang on they, these guys agree. And that's kind of my question. Do you think that that's then going to become kind of a a norm, um, I think like it, a normal thing? I think it could kind of spark the downfall of it. I suppose. I think it shows the lack of integrity the club was the club the um, trophy has, yeah. the competition has. It's like I know just knots haven't qualified. We got knocked out, but I know in the last game we need to. If we'd have beat Lincoln by two clear goals, whatever happened elsewhere, we would have gone through. Uh, we fielded, I think we had about three or four t- players who were in the youth side. Um, uh, a few players who were, you'd have, tend to be on the outline, uh, on, the, on the bench, sorry, not usual starters. We clearly didn't put out a strong 11, the strongest 11 we could have done. Yeah. And like uh, Hannah, you said, stop or using it as kind of like a rehab sort of matches. We, we've pretty much done the exact same thing. It's mm-hmm. it's like a, not a break in the schedule because they kind of put it on a Tuesday night, which is annoying, but it's one that is it's minutes in the legs for the younger lads. I think a lot of clubs see it as, and yeah. I think like it's, it's Steve Evans, isn't it? Steve Nish manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think him kind of publicly going, yeah, I'm not going to rock up to this one. There's no point. I think so. It does take it away, doesn't it? It takes away. Yeah, um, the integrity is that you, you you worded it right. It it shows that there's a real lack of integrity in this competition, and no but one's how really many... trying to quit. How many Stevenish fans are going to bother going? Like that, you know, it's a de- it's a dead rubber. It's worse than a dead rubber because it's the Bristol Street Motors Pizza Cup EFL trophy. I don't. Just feels like a non-issue to me. I don't necessarily like from a from a strategic kind of forward planning eyes on the prize point of view. It makes complete sense to me. I recognise that, you know, like you say, not everyone kind of thinks in the same way and it's a very visible... Uh... It's like a form of protest, I suppose, isn't it? I think it, I think it can come across that way. That's what I'm saying. Like, that. that's yeah. how I feel that some people will look at. I suppose the way, the, the question that I'm asking is, does this open the door for other managers to do this in a game where maybe they maybe they could qualify, him showing that you know him being allowed to basically not be at the game because he just thinks there's absolutely no point. If it was any look, let's let's say let's say it was a World Cup, right? Let's say it was a World Cup and you were bottom of your World Cup group with one game to go and you couldn't qualify and your manager just went, "I'm not fucking turning up for it." Like it's, there's an integrity and there's a there's a real sort of you you want to still put a performance on, you want to still get some points on the board. 
he's not really bothered about that. And that's what I think I'm getting at. Is it going to open the door to a manager who maybe can qualify to go, I'm not actually asked about this competition. I'm going to go watch. Let's say, let's say we were playing tomorrow night and we're, we're playing next Tuesday. Let's say next Tuesday we're playing, we're playing Barnsley. And then we had Wrexham on the Saturday and Graham Alexander decided not to go to the Barnsley game, but because he wanted to go and scout Wrexham like that. That's what I mean. Like that's, it's just, yeah, does it open a door to managers and stuff to be able to step away from this And can it kill this competition? I'm all for it if it will kill this competition because it's <laughs> in its format. It should be a League One, League Two and National League competition. Give mm-hmm. National League sides a chance to play against EFL opposition because the only chance we get in that is in the FA Cup, isn't it? If they manage to get through the qualifying and then they get drawn. But usually you see them getting drawn against, apart from... Older shot with Swindon, but you find the majority of them get sort of championship clubs, which is great yeah. for them. But you want to, they want to test themselves against a team that they may be coming up against in 12 months' time. I, I really think a rejig of it all is needed. And Steve Evans doing this might be the start. Um, the th- this competition aside, though, are there not some managers who, like, if you think about right, football manager, which I don't play, I do. but. I kind of, I, it's because I know that it would ruin my life if I... I'm going to say, a yeah, football manager is right up your street, Hannah. It's essentially, it's it's a spreadsheet with a pretty I, interface. I know, I'd get, I'd, like, I'd genuinely get nothing done in my life that, like, it would be a disaster. Anyway, um, from what I understand it, you do all the work and then you press the button and the match happens. So what's to say that a football manager needs to be in the, you know they they've done all the work off the pitch or like in the training ground and then at three o'clock on a Saturday their job's done it's over to the team to go and execute their strategies and their tactics and then you, I guess you, arguably you, there's you, a half time talk but you know otherwise you, you, you manage ta- you manage your tactics throughout the entire game like this is. So, like, you've got uh, football managers, for example, you have shouts that you, you give out at different points. So you you are continually mm-hmm. changing the tempo. You are weirdly, it's like, and I know that this happens in actual football. There's there's also the ball boys come into it, like telling ball boys how fast to retrieve the ball has become a thing. Genuinely, up until until this season where this whole thing of the balls on the cones and the spread around the pitch so that it speed things up, it has genuinely been a thing. Wind ball boys nailed that. I've never seen multi-ball work like it did on Saturday. They were absolutely on fire. Everywhere else, it's like, you know, off you go, Ben Hinchcliffe, go and... Because no one knows what to do, and it's not been made clear for a lot of the ball boys. Like it's still confusing. But up, up until this season, like I know, and I've seen it, and I've heard it. I've heard shouts from benches to the people who control the ball boys. <laughs> I've heard them say, "Slow it down," and then you will literally see ball boys waste time. <laughs> or if they're behind and the team needs and they're gathering momentum, it's speeding up the ball boys yeah, and then running. Yeah. Like so, there's always something to do in the game, but. Yeah, back to like the football manager thing. Yeah. You, do, you do all the stuff in the build up to the game, but during the game, you're constantly, you are making decisions constantly about your tempo, about the passing style. And so yeah. there's all that to still take into I account. get that. But you have also got a wider team 
and you know there could be you know you could a manager and then you've got a head coach maybe that I'm just like it's a hypothetical situation where you've got someone who um you know is is happy and it, it happens in uh, American football and baseball uh, is it Moneyball where Brad Pitt as the GM doesn't watch any of the games he's always off on the road kind of watching intelligence looking for the next one uh so yeah it's just a you know, it conversely, it could be a positive. It could be a positive, and that is a positive would be like I say, it, it causes the downfall of this competition in its current format. That's, <laughs> that's a positive for me. I suppose the question is if it was another game, mm -hmm. let's say Stevenage, they're, they're flying high in League One at the minute. Let's say Stevenage were playing a team. Well, it was Cheltenham, wasn't it? They were rock bottom, they'd scored no goals. Yeah. Or, let's say Stevenage were playing Cheltenham, but the week after they had. I don't know who's who's top current. Let's say Oxford was sat second. Yeah, yeah. Eve Evans went look. We're playing in Cheltenham. They've scored no goal. I'm, I've asked permission to go and I want to go scout Oxford because that's going to be the harder game. Um, yeah. That wouldn't stand because, and he wouldn't even suggest that because the league has got that. Everybody loves the leagues. Um, but everyone just seems to really not want to be involved in this competition. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. how, how long are they going to? How how how? I've not known a competition have this many names because the sponsors are seeing no return. I mean, it. I'd love to know what I don't, and I don't think it's available. I did have a little look. What Bristol Street Motors paid for the sponsorship because they've obviously they must have got a good deal because it's November and they haven't had a sponsor Papa yeah. John's have wanted to renew it because there's no so, investment no one's going and watching the games nobody's really bothered about it until it gets to the very very end and look let me be brutally honest the only people who care when it gets to the final are the fans of those two clubs I I'm not tuning into the finals and neutral yeah. I've got no desire to watch it unless my team I, are in it in fairness, last season I didn't even know that Bolton won it until I went to watch Bolton in the playoffs, and there was some like big sign up or something. Oh no, uh, it was people wearing t-shirts. Like I, I genuinely couldn't <laughs> until you've just said that. Now I genuinely could not name you a winner of that competition ever. I don't know who they played in the final, but um, yeah, it was it was just t-shirts. So. And all Papa John's did was say, "Oh, we'll do a penalty. Th we'll do a thing every every game where if you can put the ball on the spot, you win a, a year's supply of pizza." Do you know what I found that out? Do you know what I found out that was? Do you know what they think a year's supply is? Oh, oh I know this one. Oh, no, really? Because I won a pizza. I was super excited, and it was a small cheese and tomato. Yeah, so and you a, got, like, got I'd already small. bought tickets as well. I got tickets and a small pizza. Couldn't but even give it away. The competition of taking the ball from the penalty spot and, and making it stop on the centre circle. That's what was that's what was being done. So you had to kick it from the penalty spot. And if it stopped on the centre circle, you won a year's supply of pizza. A year's supply of pizza for them was 12 pizzas. Now, I'm not being funny. I can do that in two weeks. I was going to say at least one a week, no? We went through two so. dominoes. We went through two dominoes in that media day. Well, we, we did try and give it away to like. We half did try and give it away to, but, but the only players we actually asked if they wanted it was vegans. And yeah. we bought <laughs> meat pieces, and every player we asked was like, "No, I don't eat meat." We had like all this. We're sat there eating meatballs and pepperoni. Okay. We're like, "You sure you don't want some?" They're like, "No, we don't eat meat." Thank God. Sorry. Yeah, I think Marcus so. Dacus is a bit like. Oh, it was. It was close. It was close. But no, he, he just. This competition seems to be 
just dying a very slow, painful death. And do, do you know what will kill it? Do you know what, will, what, what will kill it is if one of those under-21 squads wins it. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if it's an under-21s final. Oh, that would be horrible. Who qualified from your group? Us. Yeah. Uh, I think us and Barnsley. Uh, okay, let me just so, so not City was my point. No, no, we 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 destroyed City. Yeah. We absolutely... So United didn't qualify from our group either because it's us and Bolton. They finished rock bottom, yeah. didn't they? Um, um, yeah. No, I think Salford might have been bottom. No, 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 the Man United are rock bottom. Oh, really? Salford got, Salford got three points, Man United. Salford got one win, Man United got a, a draw. Um, or two draws, possibly. Um, but yeah, no, they oh, they won on penalties once did Man United. So they got two points. Yeah, they, beat, they, they beat us on penalties. So Man United got two points because you only get two points. That's the other thing yeah. that annoys me about it. Yeah. So if it finishes a draw, you get a point, And then if you win on penalties, you get a bonus point. An extra stop, point. Stop yeah. trying to win. People dislike this competition already. Stop trying um, to make it complicated. Who's in your group, Matt? Uh, it was us... Derby, Lincoln, and Wolves under twenty-one. So it's Lincoln and Derby who've gone through. Interesting. We were, we had Wolves last season. They destroyed us. Uh, we lost all three of our games. Mm. Well, looking at it then, so Liverpool. Hey, which under twenty-ones teams are still in? So Liverpool under twenty-ones. Right. Uh, Nottingham Forest under twenty-ones. Uh, Brighton under twenty-ones. Tottenham under 21s, Fulham under 21s, Arsenal under 21s, and West Ham under 21s. So there's there's still a there lot of under 21 teams. If we end up, let's say we end up with a what what were they? a Nottingham Forest versus Brighton under 21s final in this competition, <laughs> that it will cost them more to put that game on than yeah. They'll make like without oh, yeah. a shadow of a doubt. It will be it will be free tickets galore. It will be the lowest attack. Like nobody will care at all. And and I don't know why. Everyone gets a free car that goes. Genuinely, yeah. And there'll be the thing is they'll and they'll still make money off that because there'll be that few <laughs> people there. Um, but no, it, it just it was just something I saw about Steve Evans, and I thought that could be dangerous for the competition if he's allowed to do that that could be if they because surely the club can't make that decision surely that decision's got to be approved by the the fa the fa have got to approve yeah that, surely if they approve that they're essentially signing the, the death warrant of that competition in my opinion because that is showing that there is zero support for it for me i think you're overthinking it but let's see what happens so I'm, with, I'm with Liam. I think if this goes through, that Steve Evans doesn't have to go. It's it's it eventually that's essentially that's that starts the ball rolling to killing off the competition. I hope so. Anyway, it just for me, it just feels like common sense, and it doesn't need to be a strategy that's limited to this competition. But, <laughs> but can, you imagine, can you, can you imagine the uproar? Thing. Can you imagine the uproar if it was? Let's say for some reason, somehow the FA Cup was restructured to include groups at the beginning. Imagine if it was the FA Cup that he, yeah. he like. But yeah. but yeah. the manager, um, whatever decision they make, they are making it um in the best interests of their team. So you know if they if they choose to go to do something else to watch something else, then 
don't know. Um, so, so then? I hope it's the end of the competition. I hope it stops us having to do these stupid, stupid games against stupid, stupid youth teams. I, I really do. Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else we had on the list. We talked about crew and knots. We talked about swimming and stop port. But, oh, I know what we were going to do. Just because we had the two of you, well, not you, but the other you, who was also a Bradford fan. We were going to see you got Bradford and knots on Saturday. Yeah. Yay. I'm not looking At forward Bradford. to it. No, it's not. Nuts. Oh, right. It's on Sky, isn't it? Yes. Oh, is it? Uh, early kickoff on Sky. Yeah, I think it's 12. Oh, 12 I'm in corporate on Saturday, so I bet it'll be on. I'll be able to yeah, watch. Get it watched. Um, I am very, very... Do, do you know what? Like, If Alexander can drill this thing out of them and just get the players to shoot when they have the chance to shoot because it seems like we're afraid of shooting from any anywhere beyond 18 yards if he can get that out of them this week if that is what he's working on this week I think we'll be okay if we go in and just fanny about the same way we did on Saturday we might dominate possession we might have the best pass stats but we will lose by three or four goals I worry about Andy Cook's aerial threat against Notts County. And I think. Yeah, because your team's small. Like, our team's small. And we're not very good at defending. Especially, mm -hmm. I know, I know, like, it's not just set pieces, but obviously, set pieces are a great chance to yeah. put the ball into the box. And our set pieces are terrible. We're really not good at defending them. Mm -hmm. I think the, the issue for me there is that Andy Cook's aerial threat can only be utilized if we're putting crosses in the air. To and, him, and that, that's what we're not doing right now. And I hope that stays the same for just one, just one more week. Just one more week. After that, Andy Cook can go and score thirty if he wants. Apart from I, I, hope, I hope he does. I hope he does. I really do. But no, I I think this first two games were tough games for Alexander. Um, the Barrow was always always going to be a hard ask because we know what Pete Wilde can do. He's got he's got. Look, I was looking through some of the players they signed this year phenomenal like pete wilde's signings were ridiculous for this level and for barrow mm -hmm. and then we're coming up against the knotts county side that we know what knotts county are capable of we've not seen what we're capable of this season which is also quite worrying for us because you haven't reached the heights of what you should have done yet i'm still like i still stand by i think like i said it at the start of the season when you had a poor run and i know admittedly that poor run kind of has kept going but I think Bradford will turn it around. I still think they will. I still think they'll reach the playoffs. I still think they'll be up there. Um, and I think that'll start to happen soon. I just hope it takes a little bit more time. I hope it's Saturday. I hope it's Saturday around half 12 it starts. If it, 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 it can happen on Saturday as long as it's like maybe three, four o'clock. Yeah, yeah, that well, on bus on my own. On bus on the way. All, all of a sudden, just go, ah, oh, shit, we should have shot. That, that's fine. I'd love that. <laughs> Who are you playing, Hannah? When? Saturday? Colchester. Who are, are you playing right now? Just... Well, no, Bolton tomorrow, Colchester Saturday. Yeah, we don't count Bolton. That's a silly thing. We just had a full rant about it. Um, 
We're not going back to that cup. No, we're not going back to that cup. <laughs> oh, you're, I mean, Hannah, you're missing tomorrow. You know, is that showing? I just, am. Just, just no, no integrity in that competition. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hannah, even Hannah's missing it. Um, I am missing it. Colchester, what yeah. are you thinking, Colchester? Still no manager in? I know, yeah, and actually, they were. We were kind of expecting some kind of decision or announcement today, and there's been well, nothing that I've seen anyway. Um, obviously, Matty Effington is there at the moment. Was he? He 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 took it on as an interim role, didn't he? But yeah. they were planning to make it permanent. Um, Crawley will be fuming. I think. I mean, Colchester are not in great form. Um, I think we should, we should, on paper, and I said this a lot about Swindon, like football maths says that everything will be fine. Football maths is not always right. Um, so, yeah, you know, cautiously, you, you go in hoping for a win. Um, I think the problem is that at the moment on paper, not entirely sure where our next loss is coming and like someone said to me uh on oh, ian who listens to six days dick said you know our next loss could be saturday or it could be january you know just just how things go we've got Notts county just before christmas on a friday night it'll be nice matt you've got us um, around then as well on a on a friday is it friday have you got us around then on a friday night as well yeah we've got you the friday after so that's the 22nd then we've got you on the 29th which is, um that i can't wait for that that'll be a i'm excited about that and then we're going to old and hartlepool on the saturday aren't we oh yeah we are that's what's happening yes we are we're going to go old and hartlepool and we'll get that one done as well uh Primo limbo Pete Wilde's Oldham. Oh, yeah, we're going to Barrow on uh, Boxing Day. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. Where's your Boxing Day going? Uh, I do, do you know, I, I've not even looked <gasps> beyond. Not, it's the first one that I always look for. No, I do you know, I, I have looked. Last on Boxing Day. I have looked, but I've forgotten because I I always look because we we split Christmases here. So one one, one year we spend Christmas Day with my family. The next day we spend mm -hmm. it with Liv, Liv's family. And then vice versa. And this year we're at Lib's family Christmas Day. Okay. And I think mine on Boxing Day. And I don't feel as guilty not turning up to my family as I do not turning up for yeah. Lib's. So, uh, yes, we're at home to Morecambe. And there's absolutely not a kind of chance I'm missing Derek Adams walking out at Valley <laughs> There's no way. You you will have to drag me. Like, what's it? Eddie Hall couldn't drag me out of that ground. <laughs> There's just no way. Like Eddie Hall and Dwayne Johnson with a leg each would still struggle to get me out of that ground on boxing. I've day. just laughed. I've got no, is Eddie Hall another is this another wrestler reference? No, Eddie Hall, um he he used to play he used to play for Tramia, um, but he was known as quite a, a biggish stocky right. Um it's, I think he's still their record goal scorer. I think he's something like he's got something like 76 goals in I think it's like 108 appearances or something. It's a really, really ridiculous. Speaking yeah. of, Will made me laugh. Uh, lovely Will at Salford. Um, I think it was one of the, like, Ami Zone or one of them had said, oh, Matt Smith's now that. And he was like, nope, not even close. There's so and so and so and so. And they were massive. Well, I read um, it out. I read it and I was like, Matt Smith. He was like, Matt Smith's now our record goal scorer. And I was like, oh, fair play. 33 yeah. goals. And I was like, oh, 
that'd be right. And then yeah, Will, no. Will did Will did point it out and say actually no, <laughs> he's got a long his joint third is Matt Smith. Yeah. Um, but then he was like, but then what Will did, and I actually I loved this. He brought the women's team into it. Yes, I saw that too. Because it should count. It should count. They, they represent the club, yeah. and he said, "We're we're looking into account of everything. We've got we have this this I can't pronounce her name. So she got 151 goals for us. I'm like, fair play. Yeah. That's your record goal scorer. Because it's um yeah. it's the Salford Lionesses as well. And yeah. on yeah. Sunday they played the Cheadle Stingers, and they uh, in the second half I think a Salford player was sent off for two yellows. <laughs> the referee just said they weren't carrying on. Just, just stop the game. Bad calls and yeah, stop the game. Oh. So we'll have to find out what happened about that tomorrow night as well. Yeah, we'll ask that question, see if we can work out <laughs> what has gone on. Um, but other than that, what else have we got tomorrow? Have we got anything else? No, I mean, we're good. It's one hour 22. I was a, like aiming for an hour. So. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get we'll knock some of that off. It'll be about one hour quarter, which is about right. Yeah, cracking. Um, well, thanks for having me, guys. I was having a night off tonight, but I'm, I'm quite happy. Yeah, no, thank you for coming and uh, representing the chickens. Um, we've got a lot going on this week. We, we've we've probably got too much going on this week, Hannah, but we're um, fine. Right. So we've got. Salford Peterborough coming up tomorrow night, which won't be live because it is an FA Cup fixture and you can't broadcast live. So we're going to record, edit and vlog it. Yep, yep. Uh, Thursday is the League 2, well, EFL breakdown, isn't mm -hmm. it, of Spikes uh, with a new, brand new contributor. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot. I've, I've completely forgot. Yes, we have a brand new contributor. Yes, we do. Um, Hannah's protege. I'm Very so happy. excited. But you have missed Wednesday with Pete Wilde. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how how could I miss Wild Wednesday? We've got Wild Wednesday. We also have yeah, somewhere, to, well, somewhere to squeeze in this week. We also have Nathan Rooney. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so Nathan Rooney is to squeeze in. We also have Paul Farman squeezing at some stage uh, and don't know if I've had a reply. I had a reply and we had a bit of a back and forth. Um, Steve Evans also to get in at some point. Oh, well, you, so you can ask him all about I'm not the Bristol Street Racers. Oh, well, I can ask him about I, I was happy to do that, but we, we all know that I would be expected to ask about the Bradford situation and it's not a conversation that I think the, the the company wants to take on. I know, but you can ask him about. Um, yeah, you can continue that conversation. Um, and then our lovely Aaron is up for two football content awards on Thursday night and field, and you're his date. I'm his date, along with his family. So We're going we'll on a family night out. So good me luck, and, Aaron. Me and the Diskins. And then if we, I think we've got Friday off. I feel like we've got Friday off. Uh, maybe. I do, yeah. At this point, I don't know what day is what, and we, it just all blurs into one. Last week, I was a day behind. Uh, no, I was a day ahead. I thought it was like yeah. Thursday. It was Wednesday. I was really, really lost. Um, oh, and I'm, like that now. But And then yeah, we'll have the yeah. 606 on Sunday, which will hopefully be less than three hours. 
but can't promise anything. It didn't feel like three hours, in fairness, but there was a lot to talk about. I want me. It's not my fault. What? wasn't me that my my half when we couldn't hear you took about a third of the time well that's not half hannah first of all anyway that's wrong oh just right see <laughs> so before we leave um i want after we've finished recording hannah, i want i want you to google eddie hall okay okay right yeah. other than that thanks guys Sorry. thank you matt as well thank you for coming on again yeah thanks matt um yeah, back next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.